0: Good morning, and it is a good morning. Of all the mornings, as a church, we get to celebrate Easter morning is one of the most significant and one of the best because obviously something very good happened thousands of years ago on this day uh, that we celebrate today. Uh, But I do also uh, want to remind us that these days aren't always possible. Sometimes we're not able to make it because of our health. Sometimes we're we're traveling out of town. Sometimes we can't even find a facility. Uh, And this morning, we almost didn't have this service here because the school was closed. And they informed me we're not going to be open. Uh We'd already handed out our invitations for the Sunday service at that point around the neighborhood. And so I ran into Dermot, who was the caretaker here, and he said, Well, hey, if you guys are opening opening for a Sunday service, I'm going to open the building for you. Yeah. Oh, Jesus resurrected from the grave And Dermot resurrected our Sunday service Amen Thank you Dermot yes. Weird thing He went to bed for us And I really appreciate it Really appreciate it You can be opening your Bibles in Romans chapter 6 visiting with us today. For the first time, we want to welcome you to our church family. We really do believe that God has made us a family. That's why you see that diversity here in the room, because it's all about God. And we want to welcome you into our church family. We want to ask you to stick around today. We're going to have a meal together to celebrate this great day. And we look forward to getting to know you better. We're glad you're here. Uh, great to have people visiting from different places, uh, different churches. We do want to welcome, uh, you know, Nick Potter came as a one-year challenger for our church to volunteer. Did a great job leading that song we just yep. sang. Uh, Nick, you know, he's a bit of a heartbreaker. He came to our church already dating a great sister, and she's here today, Kristen. Yay! Oh man! <laughs> visiting here from South Carolina, so welcome, Kristen. And uh, we also want to welcome back the Brady family. I know they're around. true back in the in, in fellowship, amen. But well, we've been, of course, uh, studied out this theme of renewal uh, the last month or so as a church. Uh, we talked about this idea of a new me, and then we made a little broader method, a great job last week, talking about this idea of a new us. Uh, and today I want to talk about this theme of, of, of a new life, a new life. I want to make this concept of renewal as practical as possible. We'll end our time today by taking communion uh, before we have a little bit of a break And uh, some great worship and food together New life is the theme From Romans chapter 6 uh, Verses 1 to 14 And what an appropriate day is I've already said to consider the idea of a new life There is no day No day in the history of Christianity That speaks to new life More than Easter Sunday The day we remember that Jesus the Son of God Although killed Rose again to a new life On the third day and there's no better day for us to consider the hope and possibility that Jesus' resurrection brings to our everyday life than today. Much has been said, of course, of this powerful idea of the resurrection of Christ from the dead. I love this quote by Anton Rezing. He says, Easter is about new beginnings. A reminder that the light of a new day is the time to resurrect your life with passion, purpose, and happiness to share with the world. And so hopefully today we can get a little a little bit of a taste of what Jesus must have felt like on that day, and what that can mean for our lives in a practical and everyday sense. So on this most amazing day, as we remember our Lord and Savior's resurrection, let's explore the idea of new life in God's Word. we turn to Romans chapter 6, let's read it in verses 1 to 14 together. Romans chapter 6, verses 1 to 14, Paul uh, is speaking of a lot of uh, wonderful and grand ideas uh, in the first, uh, really, seven chapters of this text. And here in chapter 6, he speaks of this idea to the church that when, you've been, when you become a Christian, you, you, you have been free from the sentence of death, which comes from sin. When you become a Christian, death no longer has a hold over you. And so he's reminding the church of the power uh, that they have now, but he brings them back to a point in their life where they first receive that new life power. And so in Romans 6, verse 1, he says, what shall we say? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer, he asks. Verse 3, Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore bear with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, verse 5, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be ruled, uh, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Verse 80 goes on. Now, if we die with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, He cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over Him. The death He died, He died to sin once for all. The life he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11 In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that so you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Three ways to find new life here uh, from this text. The first is, to find new life, you first must be united. Hmm. To find new life today, you first must be united. What are we referring to here? Well, here in the text, 13 times. As we just read through it, 13 times Jesus' death and our death are mentioned starts out in verse 2. He simply says, we are those who have died to sin. Again in verse 3. He says, you were baptized. When you were baptized as a Christian, he says, you were baptized into his death. Mm -hmm. Verse 5. For we have been united with him in a death like his. There's that word united. Verses 6 to 8. He says, he goes on. Your old self was crucified. In other words, killed, Right? In verse 7 he says, anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Again in verse 8, if we die with Christ, we know we will also live with them. Again in verse 10, the death he died, he died to sin for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So in verse 11, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And then he concludes in verse 13, he says, you have been brought from death to life. And so sin no longer shall be your master. So ultimately he's saying that that we have been united with Jesus in a death like his Mm. in verse 5. And so it's this radical concept, this this radical idea that when you you get united with Christ, you get so united to him that you're united with him in his death. Mm. But our death is not a physical death on a cross like his was. Our death is a physical and spiritual death to sin. Mm. Verse 2 Verse seven, they, it says we're dead to sin. Mm. The Greek word uh, where we get the word sin uh, literally is a archery term in the original Greek, meaning to miss the mark. And so, so the Christian, the Christian is called to to no longer accept. Well, I'm just a sinner. Mm. Well, that's just that's just what a man does. Well, that's just what a woman does. Mm. Well, that's just what a teenager does. Well, that's just what a university student does. No, now the Bible says we we die to that concept. Mm. That we should just fall short. Because that's just who we are. Mm. So it challenges uh, this mindset. That's so pervasive today. And sometimes even in the church. Well we're just sinners. Saved by God's grace. And we start to justify and minimize. And accept sin in our lives. Mm. And and, and this is an extreme idea. You don't try to get rid of it. You don't hope it goes away. The the Bible says that you die to sin. Mm. When you become a Christian. And And that. an exciting idea and concept that we actually get what that that means. That's saying that we actually can hit the mark. Mm. We actually can be the people that God designed us to be. We actually can be as a church, a reflection of God himself. But again, we must be united with him in his death to truly find this new life. Mm. This life freed, not just forgiven, but freed from sin. You know, Today, do you feel new? Is there a newness in your heart? Is there a newness in your approach to this week? The answer is no, or maybe, well, perhaps we have forgotten, if we're a Christian, our unity with Jesus' death. Perhaps we've forgotten about the power of dying to sin and how that can bring us life and bring newness to our lives because sin only leads to death. It only leads to our old self. You know, when I think about, you know, know, uh, sin, a lot of times we can get intimidated. We can get afraid. Right, but the Bible says here it's dead. You know, I, I don't fear a lot of animals. I've always been fascinated with animals um, as, as a kid, and, and I grew up at you know on, on an outdoor camp. And, and one you know one time we were driving, uh, me and my family a, a little while ago in Virginia before we left uh, to go overseas, and, and we were driving across a, an old gravel road. I let the kids drive. You know, the car on the road. It was, it was that, you know, they were on my lap. I was in control. I'm going to get arrested after this. And, uh, so, you know, in was about this ravine in this creek. We'd go back there and the kids would drive and Grace probably remember this. And, uh, and one day we're driving down and this giant black bear comes busting out of the creek right oh. in front of our van and starts running up the hill. I open the door. I start running after it. I was just so fascinated to see a black bear in the wild, you know, that close. Grace actually followed me too. He started running after him. He's like, "What are you doing? You're out of your mind! Get back in the car!" You know. But but there was just no fear at all. But but I tell you what, I get in the water. I get in the water, and and you know, if I'm swimming, especially you know, specifically in the ocean, I'm 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 scared to death of sharks. Like I just (laughs) have this fear. I am up in the water, and so I'm just. I'm terrified. I'm terrified of sharks uh, when I'm in the water. Um, you know, so there's lots of deadly animals that we probably somewhat should be afraid of. Today, that's my point. Obviously, that's why you don't go, you know, out in the Great Barrier Reef, you know, with with, with chum in the water. You know, you don't do that because you might get you might get killed by a shark. And, but the deadliest animal in the history of the world, I'm not afraid of at all. The Tyrannosaurus Rex. Um, I don't care. I don't care at all. I don't wake Because it's dead. (laughs) It no longer lives. And that's the mindset. We ought to have about temptation. That's the mindset we ought to have about sin as Christians. Jesus has killed our sin. He killed it on the cross. And so we have great hope. No matter how much we struggle. Or how much we're even tempted. Or maybe perhaps. How much this last week or two we've sinned. No there is hope. If we die to sin. There is hope to overcome. You now Jesus' death—you know—we celebrated. You know, we, you know, we call it Good Friday. Was a dark day: the arrest, the, the the abandonment of his friends, the false accusations, and eventually, of course, the the crucifixion that he allowed them to do. It was a dark Friday, but the light of Sunday was coming. Mm. And sometimes our Christian faith feels a bit like that. It gets dark, and, and we struggle, and we strain. But we've got to remember, because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, the light can break through we must understand we must understand the power that we have in jesus death to die to sin Mm. if you're not a christian this morning you know easter could be a start for you of a new life it could be a start uh, of you dying to sin but you must choose to die you must choose to die to your sin god could resurrect your life Mm. but you got to choose to die before he can and so, Christian or not, this morning we have great news at Easter that, that, that we can be united with him in his death and we can find great victory against those things in our lives that we, we, we know we don't like and we know we don't want, which the Bible calls sin. I love this quote by John Ortberg. He says, death is the prerequisite to resurrection. The new life God intends. Mm. Now, where is God calling you to die today so you can find new life in Easter reminds us death to sin is the beginning of a new life. The second thing here is we also find new life as we're buried. We must be united with him in his death, but we also must be buried with him. And specifically here in the text, this is referring to water baptism. Uh, the, Greek, uh, the English word baptism comes from a Greek word. It's a transliteration from Greek to English. The Greek word is baptizo, where we get the English word baptism. And it literally means submerged Literally, just means submerge. Sorry, I going to say in water, but it could be anything. There's actually a, there's actually ancient Greek texts in Koine Greek, which the New Testament is written in, that talk about uh, people, you know, baptizing their pickles, you know, their their gherkins, you know, they you know they're because they're canning them, right? there and, and so that's the idea. But the Bible the Bible teaches that we when we're baptizing Christ, we're actually we're actually submerged then in water. Uh, you know, uh, Acts 8 and other passages refer to the water uh, Of baptism, 1 Peter 3 uh, And here in the text specifically in verse 3 Paul says to the church He says, don't you know that all of us who are baptized Into Christ Jesus were baptized Into his death And so how do you get into Christ? How do you, how do you tap into that resurrection power Where you, you must be baptized Because when you get baptized you come into uh, And start to touch that power And then again in verse uh, 4 It's so intimate it says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, we too may live a new mm-hmm. life. And so, so, so we're with him in his death, bread, and resurrection when, when we're baptized in that water. Mm-hmm. Without a biblical baptism, there is no entry, in other words, into a new life. Because mm-hmm. you can only get into and with Christ in and through that water. And of course, people can say, "Well, why? Why did God choose you know water? You know, you know, what's the purpose? What's the meaning?" Well, I don't really want to get into that today, but I think we have to ask ourselves, "Well, you know, what does it have to do with Jesus?" I think that's a better question. Well, well it mm. says here that you know Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was He was buried in the tomb and raised on the third day. That's the gospel message,
1: mm.
0: and that's that's the gospel truth. But how do we how do we come in contact with? How do we connect with? How do we find that power in our lives? How do we plug in to the spiritual power socket is the question, right? Mm. And Paul makes it very clear you do that when you get into that water. It's it's the door. It's the portal, if you will. It's the plug. Mm. It's a New Testament truth, though, that's not popular today. But the Bible states very clearly the when and where of our salvation is in and at the waters of baptism. Mm. You can look at these scriptures later. I've written them down for you. John 3, verse 5, Jesus himself said it. Acts 2, 38, Peter the Apostle said it. And if that wasn't enough, 1 Peter three twenty one, Peter the Apostle said it again. These are three clear passages that teach this concept. Hmm. Yes, you need faith in Christ. Yes, you need repentance in his name. But you also need to be buried in his name in water. Hmm. We live in Europe. That's where the Reformation Took off and started, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and one of the theme <laughs> theological truths that the Reformation brought out uh, is this idea of we're justified by faith. Sadly, though, over time, we added alone to that phrase. So now we'll often say we're justified by faith alone. But the New Testament never makes that statement, that it's mm. faith alone. And the danger of that is we can we can start to put our, our faith in our faith rather than our faith in Christ. Mm. You know, baptism here is where we put our faith alone in Jesus' work on the cross. Yeah. Romans 6 makes this connection quite clear. You know, Paul here, you know, he, he wants the church in Rome to, to remember what happened in the moment of their baptism. And it's good for us today, if we're a Christian who's been baptized in Jesus' name, to remember the power of that moment. Baptism is an amazingly powerful moment. Erwin McManus writes in this word moment. It says One of the Greek words from which we get the English word moment is atomos. You can easily see that the word atom and atomic also come from atomos. This is the perfect picture of what is hidden in a moment. The image of an atom reminds us of how easily we could miss a moment or even underestimate it. An atom symbolizes the smallest unit of an element. It was considered the irreducible unit. The idea that was that you couldn't get any smaller than this – which is why it is so easy to miss your moment. Like atoms, they come in endless numbers and of an insignificant stature. They're just as easy to overlook and ignore. But at the same time, we have the image of the atomic hidden in the moment. Within the atomic, there is nuclear capacity derived from the rapid release of energy and the fission of heavily atomic nuclei. There is a disproportionate power in the relationship to size. Fission is the act or process of splitting the atom into parts. And I believe baptism is like that. You're just getting dipped and submerged in water. What's the big deal? Mm -hmm. Well, in that small little decision comes something huge and mighty and powerful. Your sins get forgiven past, present, and future. And God gets so close to you that the Bible says He comes into us through the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's just a little decision, but that's a huge moment in your life. Mm -hmm. Paul is bringing them back to that spiritually atomic moment when Jesus destroyed the, the, the death and destruction of sin in your life by forgiving you of it through his work on the cross. And when Jesus opened up a doorway for God to come into your life through the Holy Spirit. You know, in Romans 6, Paul is saying that if God at the moment of our baptism can forgive all our sins and give us the Holy Spirit, what moment can he not now make new in your life? Because evidently the they were thinking that sin had some kind of mastery over them. According to chapter 6, verse 1. But Paul says, No, 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 no. No, because of that moment that you experienced you know, the powerful gospel in your life through, through baptism, you, you, you can be reminded that sin has died. Mm-hmm. And you can live a life now free. Yeah. You know, sometimes churches and religious groups get accused of brainwashing people. Mm-hmm. And that can be a very you know, scary uh, concept and idea that can really. Damage and destroy people's lives. But, you know, I know for me, I think sometimes my brain needs a little bit of washing. My thinking really can get off. You know, sometimes in our lives, our, our sin, it starts, to, it starts to destroy and damage and, and hurt us. And we need, we, need, we need to be cleansed of that sin, right? We need to be cleansed of that sin. Easter is a wonderful time to remember we can keep being washed. We can keep being made new by the cleansing blood of Jesus. If you're not a Christian today, I believe you're here. I don't think it's a coincidence. I believe you're here because it's time for you to choose to get washed by the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. To, to choose to, to have faith in Him, to repent in Him, and to be baptized in Him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let us know as a church if you're ready for that new life or you want to find that new life. We'd love to share with you from the scriptures how to find just that. And church, you know, let, let's continue to get washed And our thinking. Mm -hmm. Let's continue to get washed spiritually in our lives. Spiritually we all need some spring cleaning, don't we? (laughs) We all need it. We all need it. And, And Jesus provides the power for it to happen. Not just at our baptism. But every day. Every day that is there. You know, I know for me... You know, I've been, I've been reading a lot of the Old Testament, and one of the things that my, my time in Birmingham, uh, combined with what I've been reading in my Bible, has really been, been showing me is, Forrest, you've got to grow up in your thinking. You've got to search for wisdom. You've got to find how to be wise in the things that you're approaching in your life. But at the same time, I also feel this real challenge to keep, to keep a childlike heart. You know, and and I think that's always the struggle. As I I get older, let me get wiser, let me get more mature, let me let me understand God's wisdom. But at the same time, let me let me keep my heart young. Jesus said it should be like a child's heart, right? Mm -hmm. In the Gospels. And today I was praying about the sermon. Eva, Eva was full of energy because of all chocolate, and uh, so so I never just got to pray by myself in the park, but I brought my, my youngest daughter Eva, who's seven, to the park with me this morning. Um, and my prayer partner is my dog. And uh, so I'm out there praying in the park, and I'm praying about these these lofty you know, noble concepts, and and Eva's just you know she she's got these unicorn leggings on, they got unicorns on you know, and she skipped along in front of me, you know, she's like. You know, I want to make a movie about Easter, you know, so maybe gets some props, she picks a daffodil, you know, and uh, just the, the whole thing, she was just so childlike the whole time that we were out there and asking me questions about plants and rocks, and, you know, it was, just, it was just a reminder, right, of, of, of I gotta keep, I've got to keep washing my heart, because I get old and I get grumpy spiritually real fast, and I need to have that childlike heart. They keep growing up in my thinking. That's what I need to get out of remembering my baptism today. What do you need to get out of, church? Where does God need to wash you and cleanse you? Mm. United in death, buried in baptism, and finally here, alive in Christ. Alive in Christ. This is the whole point of Easter. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead points to this new life that we can have now and in eternity With Christ, I love the, the vivid phrases in Romans 6, verse 5. It says, if we've been united with him in a death like his, can't stop there, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. And that will not be complete until Jesus returns and we resurrect from the dead or are called home. Again in verse 8, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, which is what I'm going to talk about here, this idea of life right now. In Christ. Again in verse 11 it's mentioned. Again in verse 13 it's mentioned again, this idea of being alive and of this new life in Christ. Uh, Eugene Peterson wrote a paraphrased version of the Bible called The Message. And sometimes I love to read it because it gives me a fresh perspective. He writes in Romans 6, uh, verses 6-11, he says, Could it be any clearer? This is this paraphrase of what Paul is saying. Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sin-miserable life. No longer at sins every beck and call. What we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection. We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of death as the end. Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him. But alive, he brings God down to us. From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue, and you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. I love that verse 10. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him, but alive He brings God down to us. You know, Easter is so important because it's the moment, you know, God fully delivered his power to restore humanity through his Son. And so Easter is a lofty and grand idea, right? And these are wonderful concepts, but sometimes we lose the the connection to it and the practical reality of it. But if you're a Christian today, this practical phrase I once was fill in the blank. But now, fill in the blank, in your life, is a great reminder, and in my life, of how far Christ has brought us, and how alive we now are, and still can be, again, because of Christ. So I've asked the people here today, who have been standing up, You're probably wondering what all the commotion is, uh, to come up and give us their cardboard testimony to remind us of how alive we can be in Christ. So at this time, we'll play some music and we'll ask them to come to the stage and just pay attention. You guys to see It's a great story and a great reminder, you know, that we all have a testimony. You know, we all, we all could share a sign this morning if we're a Christian of what we once were and what now God has made us. us and, and, and what they just displayed, and I appreciate everyone's openness and humility. Ephesians 1, verses nineteen to 20. Paul's referring to God there. And he refers to God, and he says, His incomparably great power is available for us who believe. He says, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. So Paul says, picture the dead, decaying, broken, broken, Lifeless body of Jesus. But then it comes back to life. Shiny and new and radiant. And when he appears to his early disciples, they're blown away. They're absolutely blown away, just as you and I would be too if we were there. It's mind blowing Hmm. that a man who was killed rises again on the third day. Paul says that's not where the story ends. It continues in the life of the church. That power is the same, referring to the resurrection, that we now have in our lives because of Jesus' resurrection. You know, do we get this is the question. Because even now, oh yes, 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 amen. You know, we can we can nod, we can agree, we can we can read the scripture, but do we really get it? Do we really get it? Today, in light of the resurrection power, may we all, like Jesus and through Jesus, choose to rise and get living. Today has so much possibility in it for our lives and for Christians because of what the resurrection brings to our lives. Through Christ, we have so much life available. But we must choose to live in him. We must choose to remember what he has done for us. May we today in Christ rise up and rise together. May we today in Christ decide what was written long ago. I rise today in the power's strength, invoking the trinity, believing the threeness, confessing the oneness of creation's creator. I rise today in the power of Christ's birth and baptism, in the power of his crucifixion and burial, in the power of his rising and ascending, in the power of his descending and judging. I rise today in the power of the love of cherubim, in the obedience of angels, in the service of archangels, in the hope of rising to receive the reward, in the prayers of patriarchs, in the predictions of the prophets. And the preaching of apostles, and the faith of confessors, and in the innocence of holy virgins, and the deeds of the righteous, I rise today in heaven's might, and sun's brightness, and moon's radiance, and fire's glory, and lightning's quickness, and wind's swiftness, and sea's depth, and earth's stability, and rock's fixity. I rise today with the power of God to pilot me, God's strength to sustain me, God's wisdom to guide me, God's eye to look ahead for me. God's ear to hear me, God's word to speak for me, God's hand to protect me, God's way before me, God's shield to defend me, God's host to deliver me from snares of devils, from evil temptations, from nature's failings, from all who wish to harm me, far or near, alone, and in a crowd, I rise today. Amen. We can confidently... Words, but live them out every day because of what Christ has done for us. Where is it time to rise in Christ and live for you? Where have you been dead, and where does He want to make you new? Where have you been dying, and He wants to bring you back to life? Maybe it's your faith, maybe it's your righteousness, maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's your family. There is so much hope in life. The resurrection can bring us all today. Mm. Today, let us rise, one and all, for new life in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We're going to close out our time by taking communion. And how appropriate. As we remember this great power of a new life that's available to us all today, we have to also remember it came at a great price. In the breaking of the, of, the, of the body of God's Son, pouring out of His blood, we have this hope of a new life available today. So let us take this communion together with gratitude and hope in our hearts for Jesus' death, prayer, and resurrection that brings us new life. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the gospel the hope that it brings us that Jesus died was buried but on the third day he rose again we thank you God for the power that the gospel can bring to our lives and on uh, this day God may may the reality of that power God may the reality God of that hope may the reality God uh, of your presence through your son be real to us God that we can find new life No matter where we may be or what we may be going through, we thank you, God, uh, that Jesus paid the ultimate price so that we could have not just life, but that we could be fully alive in him. We pray, God, as we take the bread that represents his body and the cup that represents his blood, God, uh, that these, these emblems will be reminders, God, of the victory that has been won already through your son. We thank you so much for this time to reflect upon this, this Easter weekend, God. And we go out this week, God, living in the new life that Jesus has brought us through his great sacrifice. We pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. Amen.